0: Yeah. My name is Abhay Dandekar and I share conversations with talented and interesting individuals linked to the global Indian and South Asian community. It's informal and informative, adding insights to our evolving cultural expressions, where each person can proudly say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Happy Diwali to everyone, and on this episode, we welcome the one and only Madhuri Dixit. Stay tuned. Stardom. It happens to people, and people happen to become stars. Some stars flash and shoot across the sky briefly, and others twinkle with an everlasting glow. And speaking of glowing, thank you for listening to the show and sharing it with your friends and family, for subscribing, downloading, and rating the podcast, and for following us on social media at Dr. Abhaidarnikar. So for this Diwali, I've been thinking about the brightness of stardom both illuminating the person who becomes a star when we first take notice, and how the person's own compelling natural light provides a long-lasting afterglow. Now, for the iconic Madhuri Dixit, her stardom has been a lifelong journey of artistry and performance that's woven talent, confidence, and humility into an enduring and culturally relevant career. As a young actress and dancer from Mumbai, Her talent blossomed through a succession of continued Bollywood hit films, transcending through generations of audiences, as well as her own life's lane changes of marriage, parenting, balancing, synchronizing, and reshaping, always staying true to her own explorations and diverse expressions. Now the heaping evidence of this is both past and present. So just this past year, Madhuri has been showcased on the popular reality dance show Jalak Diklaja, on the hit Netflix series Fame Game, releasing a single in Tuhe Mera, and just recently starring in the Amazon Prime film Majama, a true reflection of her broad skill set and love for performance. I was grateful to catch up with her last week to chat about it all. And for someone whose own Bollywood story arc and presence itself often represents Indian culture, it was nice to start off by talking about something so central to that about the allure of people festivities, family, food, and farar of a happy Diwali.
1: And I think Diwali means coming together of family and friends. And like you said, you know, Faraar and, you know, the the busyness of it all, you know, time off from everything else and uh, meeting friends, celebrating it with family. You know, you can give them so much uh, culturally because this is a very festive season where, you know, People from all walks of life come together. Right. People of all religions come together and celebrate Diwali, which is the amazing thing for me about Diwali. That's the meaning of it for everyone, uh, you know, uh, who celebrates.
0: Almost a connecting factor, right? Like it's sort of a yes. it's sort of a natural connective tissue for so many different people, no matter what walk of life you're from, what religion, like yes. you said. Have you found that it's brought about some surprising? connections uh in the past and even ones that you hope for in the future
1: well um when i was in denver i lived there for 10 years yeah and both my kids basically were born in denver and um it was amazing to see the indian community was so active you know uh, in in all these whether it was diwali or Holi, we all used to come together and celebrate and not just indians but also the americans and Uh, They were curious about our culture and they used to come and celebrate Diwali with us or celebrate Holi. So it's basically bringing people together, you know, not only in India, but, you know, uh, everywhere in the world. I think all the Indians come together um, with their friends, um, who could be Americans, who could be from any country. Mm. They used to go out of their way, like cooking in their houses, making all the faral, you know, at home. And basically like just, having a a good fun time, but it also introduces your kids to the different festivities that we have, our culture, our traditions, uh, which was amazing to me.
0: You know, you are uh, a Mumbai girl. You grew up in Mumbai, but you lived in the U.S., Mm -hmm. and I'm just curious, especially with that same sentiment of passing something along, whether it's to your kids, to your neighbors, to new friends, old friends, and especially, you know, in the last two years of the pandemic. How important is nostalgia in Diwali for you as far as like not just keeping the tradition alive, but, you know, in some ways kind of making new traditions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I grew up in Mumbai and in an area where... Diwali was a very, very big celebration. So they go out of their way to celebrate Diwali, a lot of firecrackers and, uh, you know, Mithais and uh, homemade stuff. And we used to go from house to house wishing everyone a happy Diwali. And, uh, you know, the kind of... A Kashkandil,
0: the whole thing.
1: Yeah, the kandil, we used to make kandils at home, especially for Diwali. And um, Farah, so we used to do chuckleys and this, and help mom to do everything, uh, and go to different houses and taste all the different things that they made. That used to be our biggest. All kids, all kids used to get together, right? And we used to go to each and every home in our building or you know all the apartments around us, and um, we used to wish them happy new year and happy Diwali, and we used to get all kinds of snacks to eat, and just just the fun, you know, that we had, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was amazing at that do you, time.
0: Do you do you miss some elements of that? I mean, it's obviously a little bit more challenging and difficult to do that now, or even try and recreate that now. And I'm curious if you miss some of that.
1: Uh, well, I, I just miss. I mean, I feel that my kids miss that that fun of just going out and going to you know, people's house. You don't even know them, but you're just tagging right. along your friends and going to different <laughs> houses. You right. Know? <laughs> that feeling, uh, and uh, we used to feel very adventurous when we used to do that because, uh, you know, we lived in a, like a society which was huge, and we used to go to any and everybody's house. So, you know, those kind of things which were amazing to me at that time uh, is something that I feel our kids miss out on now.
0: Lots of discovery opportunities, right? Where you yes. know, strangers yes. all of a sudden during the become great friends. Become
1: friends, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
0: It, you know, just reflecting on this past year, you've had such a variety of performance roles, right? There's yeah. Jalak Diklaja and um, singing Tuhemera, the Fame Game, and now, of course, Majama. Um, yeah. Having endeavors that are so diverse like this, have these each been in some ways additive where they connect different dots for you together as sort of a bigger profile?
1: Yes, they do. Because, you know, growing up, uh, when I was in school, I always sang on stage, I was always on stage, uh, because yeah. I used to learn, I, I learned dancing very early in life, at three, when I was three years old, I started learning Kathak. Yeah. And because of that, I, in school, I used to be on stage all the time, uh, doing plays, directing plays, dancing, doing folk dancing, group dancing, elocution, and singing, and you know, the works. Right. And then I came into films and I got so busy with films that there was hardly any time left to do anything else that yeah. I've always had a pleasure, you know, uh, like performing or singing or whatever. Yeah. That took everything took a back sta- seat. And now when I'm back and I'm discovering myself and all over again, I think uh, these are all parts parts of me who I am as an artist. Mm. So, So I thought, you know, why not? You know, you, we have to be adventurous. We have to do something new in life. And and I thought, with the encouragement of my husband, actually, he's the one who said, you sing, why don't you sing? You should. Why not? It's part of you. It's an extension of who you are. And that's how the album happened. And I released two of my songs, one candle during the lockdown and uh, Tu Hai mera, after the lockdown ended. Mm. And there are four more songs I want to release right so I mean it's it's just that these are different parts of me and yeah. I love doing that so for me it was it was not very uh difficult but it was not very easy as well you put yourself out there you know because once you do something you're out there and you're yeah. also up for scrutiny and people talking about it but I thought you know, um, it's okay. It it yeah. all comes with the territory, and I I am fine with that. Yeah. But I think one has to keep exploring oneself as an artist. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want to stagnate in one thing and just do that. I think it's great to explore.
0: Did Did you have to come to some threshold of you know having some courage to be able to say yes, this is a leap I want to take? And did, did some of those leaps of faith. Offer you some surprises about yourself? Were there things that you learned about yourself this past year in taking some of these courageous oh, leaps? Oh, yes,
1: yes, yes. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I've always been an adventurous kind of person, not in the physical sense. Like, I won't jump off a building or some, you know. <laughs> you're not, I you're not parachuting that, I or, or skydiving you know, or anything? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like bungee jumping or something. Right. But um, where my art is concerned, I think I'm a little more adventurous and uh, when the opportunity came and um, it's when ram said you know you should you should because the the album that i made is basically about the backstories of being a film star mm-hmm. so candle was something when we wrote the song also with raja kumari who yeah. uh, you know did the music and everything we we wanted to talk about you know how there could be any turmoil in your life yeah. But you all, you always have to be that beacon of light who inspires everyone, you know. Yeah. So so those are backstories. But when you are in front of the audience, you are their aspiration or inspiration or whatever. And you have to be that all the time, whatever's going on in your life. That was what Candle was about. And then Tuhe Mera was for my fans, like a love letter for me. Because yeah. it's always the fans telling you how they feel about you. But this time I'm telling them how I feel about them, you know. Yeah. So, and all, all the four songs, other songs which are going to come out are part of, you know, being the backstories of, um, of being a, a, an actress or uh, being a film star. So, yeah. I thought, so I thought that was, you know, it's my stories again. Yeah. My stories to tell. Sometimes you cannot say in words what you can, you know, say in tunes or I thought that was a very unique way of telling my story.
0: You know. let, let me ask you this. I mean, at this stage, both in your life and your career, is it easier to be bold and take risks and take on roles that are unique and different and challenging?
1: See, not just because where I am today, but I've always done that throughout my career. Even when I had Teza, Dil Beta, Raja, Kalnai, Kamapkein, Kahan, or a Dil to Pagal hai, or Devdas, which were like. Commercial films. I've yeah. still done Prahar or Mrityudhan, Gulab Gang or Dharavi, which were like offbeat kind of films, which were not commercial, which were not yeah. uh, big theater films, but uh, they used to call it the art house cinema.
0: And and I'm sure that you're equally as proud of, of those.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I was actually, when I wanted to do these, especially Mrityudhan, everybody was like, no, it's an art house film. You're a commercial Hindi film actress, you should not be doing these art house films. Yeah. And I said, well, I love the story. I love the character. It talks about women empowerment. And that's important to me.
0: Yeah,
1: And I said, I don't care. I want to do it. And I did Mrityudan. And I think I've always taken risks. So when I did OTT again, especially Fame Game, it was also adventurous. Because I, uh, you know, during the lockdown, we saw so much OTT that I was fascinated. Because you can tell stories. And you can develop your characters. You have eight hours to do that. It's not something that you have to say in two and a half hours. Right. And I feel every character has a backstory. So everybody's who's watching is invested in each and every character and they want to know what happens next, you know, and I thought that was fascinating. And Fame Game was a very different role for me to play. It was not all white and, you know, it was kind of in the gray area. And I thought that was great. And it had a lot of comments on everything that's going on in the film industry. And I thought it was very, very modern, very today. And then Majama, of course, is a very, very different subject. It's it's LGBTQIA plus and their journeys. And I thought it was a story that needed to be told in today's day and age, you know. And uh, so, you know, anything that fascinates me, I, I don't hesitate. And I've always taken risks. So for me, it's not, it's not really, I'm not afraid.
0: Well, and and with that, the idea of the diversity, the risk that you've always taken, being adventurous in your art, I, I wonder if, you, if you've if you noticed that that perhaps cultivates that much more trust with your audiences, knowing that you're not shying away from either the roles or from being able to express yourself through these stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we do it wholeheartedly. It's not... Yeah. Even in Majama, there's nothing cloak and dagger about it, you know. In the first 10, 10 15 minutes, you know what the story is about. And mm. and I have said it like it is, you know. We have yeah. not hesitated. We have not minced words. So I think uh, that's wonderful. And it's, it's great to know that uh, people are watching it with their mothers, with their grandmothers, and mm. they all are discussing about it later on, which was something that needed to be done. Sure. Because through Majama, we are talking about acceptance. We are saying every family member is different and accept them for who they are, you know. Right. And that's what the ideal situation would be. And that is what we are talking about. And um, there are a lot of stories uh, behind that because um, someone from the team on the Amazon Prime movie, I mean, she came and told us that her mother accepted her, her brother who was gay, I mean, after yeah. watching this movie. Which was amazing to us because it's like, even if you can change a few minds, you know, we are kind of, we are successful in what we are trying to do. So that, that is what, that excites me about movies. Like when you do them Mm. with the intention and you can see that intention, you know, being uh, translated into actions in, in the audience. I think, I mean, that's what, that's what we want, you know, from movies. Because movies what, you know, imitation of life art, you know, and life imitates art, art imitates life. And if we can kind of make some issues, um, at least start a dialogue about them. I mean, that's that's our victory.
0: And and do you feel like in even beyond and going the extra mile of having a victory, having successful, wonderful stories like that, that you just shared about the team member on Amazon? Is it a responsibility right. that you feel for yourself as you know it's not only just the achievement of the commercial success but it's the responsibility yes. perhaps you feel of of sharing stories like this
1: yeah trust trust brings responsibilities you know when you know people trust you you have to be responsible and when even when amrit and uh, anand who's the director anand tiwari worked on this they had you know talked to different ngos who work with lgbtqi community and and made sure that there's nothing in the movie that that is
0: offensive
1: yeah offensive or you know basically um uh, basically incorrect so they had made sure that you know they worked with everyone and and also you know making us realize what their stories are there's so many stories uh which which we came to know about and you know what they have to deal with and Mm. those kind of things and I think we had prepared very well um at the scripting stages also uh, so that everything, is, uh, you know, turns out the right way.
0: You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. After a quick break, we'll come back to our conversation with Madhuri Dixit. Stay tuned. Conversation. It's the antidote to apathy and the catalyst for relationships. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with global Indians and South Asians, so everyone can say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. New episodes weekly, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with the talented Madhuri Dixit. Let me ask you this. Is it almost required in the arts and entertainment industry, and as someone who has developed a, a celebrity and a brand, is it almost required for longevity that you have to reinvent and refresh and rediscover roles and, you know, almost some in some Way you're the responsibilities that you talk about like this
1: yeah I mean you have to keep reinventing yourself you have to yeah. think out of the box you have to think what new can you do also with times the changing times what's happening mm-hmm. around you and what people would would like to see what they uh, what they expect from you you know there's so many things you have to think about yeah but finally you know it's the gut feeling and when I when you hear a script you know, it's a gut feeling that, oh, yes, I want to do this. Also, uh, you know, you have to see which team you're working with, who the director is. There's so many things that go into a movie, you know. Sure. And you have to make sure you're comfortable with everything, uh, you know, and then uh, you decide whether you want to do it or not. But, of course, um, you can't keep doing the same thing again and again. You have to sure. do something different, something um, that shocks people, something that takes them by surprise, or something that um, that kind of makes them think about yeah. you know life and what what it is,
0: or even telling the same story in a different way and and yes. maintaining maintaining some relevance, right? So yes. for someone to stay relevant is is being relevant about code switching and shapeshifting and reinvention appropriately with what's trending or is it actually possible to stay relevant among different audiences and different generations without actually straying really too far from who you are
1: yeah absolutely I mean you don't have to by shock I didn't mean like doing something that's out of character and say oh my god what happened to her not that shock yeah but the fact that you are doing something that is Uh, unexpected, you know, Mm. that you're trying realms that maybe, you know, they thought you're not going to tread on or um, uh, something that is a surprise element or something that is unexpected, you know, by the audience that, oh my God, she's doing this, you know. So And also, you know, trying to break the constraints of, like nobody expected a mainstream cinema actress to play a lesbian in, in a movie because then it's, oh, it's not done. You know, she cannot do this. A I mainstream actress cannot be that. Right. Uh, but it's not that. We are telling stories. We are people, we are actresses. We are telling stories about different uh, human emotions, but, uh, human characters, and we are playing different characters in movies. So you cannot think like, like that. You have to think out of the box and say, why not? That this is a story that needs to be told and I'm ready to do that.
0: It's almost as if like the boundaries are constantly moving, and that yes, you know and you don't have
1: to push the envelope you know every time
0: let me ask you a rather playful question when it comes to relevance and and even uh, how you define yourself, but I, I'm just so curious, as somewhat of a cultural icon yourself, do you ever Google yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and do are you surprised yeah. that sometimes what pops up?
1: Oh, yeah oh my god yeah it's like crazy what can pop up sometimes yeah
0: <laughs> i i mean and in in some ways i'm curious about how artists review feedback right because other professions or for that for that matter even artists who are not in cinema or or you know performing the same way you are their feedback of course is either direct or applause but When you make it to a certain stature and you're a cultural icon, the feedback you get sometimes has to be vetted and...
1: No, it's okay. I mean, you know, I I truly feel that once you put yourself out there, you are putting yourself, you're opening yourself to all kinds of, uh, you know, comments, criticism, uh, goodness, badness, everything. And I I take it in my stride, you know, sometimes there's constructive criticism, sometimes there's destructive, it's okay, you know. It's all right. I mean, that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah. And and is it healthy in some ways to have that kind of an attitude? Because otherwise, I'm, I'm Yeah. Imag- otherwise,
1: yeah. I mean, if you try to read every comment and then start reflecting on every comment that's made, sure. I think, you know, it can drive you nuts or crazy or something. Yeah. As, as a person, you know, you know, uh, what, um, I don't know how to put it in words it's like, you know, what criticism is, uh, you know, healthy and what is not. Yeah. So you just filter that yourself and you say, oh, whatever, you know, this is like, whatever. But yeah, maybe this criticism might be, you know, um, good to read and, you know, absorb.
0: Right. And synthesize in and process and adapt to your ongoing learning. Yes. For you, I'm imagining that that Has come over time and experience and and confidence. And I'm really curious about if you remember when you first knew that you had skills as a performer and were aware of this confidence.
1: I would say, um, till I was in school, I was very confident. I was very, uh, but once I joined the industry, it was very different. Because there's so many comments that come from everyone. And especially, I did my first film, Abode, in 84, and then it didn't work out. But I loved what I did. I never thought I'd be an, act- an actress, you know. Mm. For me, it was like something that was a hobby and I would do something else. Because sure. everybody was very educated in my house. And we were, the leanings were towards, you know, a- a- academics than actually um and I always thought it would be my hobby. Maybe I'll do a play or something, or I'll always learn kathak and you know. Um, but when I did my first film and I was like I was like smitten and I said, Oh, this is what I want to do. Yeah. But the thing was I keep I kept getting work, but success came a few films later you know yeah and during that time when I was doing these movies everybody like you know oh you should do this maybe she should put on her weight and maybe this maybe mm-hmm. that but that was when my mom she stood by me like a pillar of strength you know and she she always used to give me um the feedback saying that you know one day when you have a successful film the things they're criticizing you for is something they'll appreciate. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so success can do wonderful things. Don't even worry about it. All you worry about is your how you perform, work with sincerity, work hard, yeah. just concentrate on that and uh, and success will come to you no matter what. And, you know, that's what I follow in my life. Yeah. And she's the one who actually gave me the strength because I was young that I used to think about it and say, oh, but this person said that about me and maybe we should be doing this and mom is nothing doing. Just mm. be yourself and that is what is going to work. So she's the one who gave me confidence and um, instilled that in me that even today, like I feel that, you know, I feel her words in the back of my head. And that's what I tell my kids as well, you know, that you have to be strong. You have to be like motivated always. Don't think about negativity. Just just be very, very positive and nice.
0: Sure. In that way, once perhaps the license of what your mom said sticks, then I imagine that the confidence is always there. For you, have you ever had moments of, in some ways, overconfidence?
1: No. I think I'm humble enough to know uh, mm. that that um, nothing is permanent in life and anything can change at any time. Also, because my mom uh, and my the way we were brought up is like, you're human beings first, you know, then everything else. My mom yeah. used to say that, you know, your you're acting in films is just a profession. Your stardom and everything is on the set. But once you're home, you're just a person. <laughs> you are my daughter. It, it, you're right. You, you normalize clean out. Your room.
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> you have to clean your room. You're not a star in the house. You know, you have to help me with my work and, you know, do all that. So we were born in a very, very, very you know, normal way. Even yeah. my kids. And, you know, that's how I've kept my house always. Very normal, very straightforward. Everything you do is you know, outside the house, but in the house, we are a family and that's how we would be. So that's how I was brought up. And so that's why I never really get carried away with my success or anything. Sure. For me, it's a victory as an artist. Yes, it's a victory for me as an artist. But as a human being, my family, my kids, my mom, you know, people around me, my in-laws, they come first for me, you know, always. They are my priority.
0: Of course. I I imagine that that same kind of mantra, if you will, as it leads back into your work, it probably means that you prepare for each role as it's a fresh one. And um, I also imagine that in some ways, I wonder if that's become sort of instinctive for you and even a discipline as as you, as you really take your craft seriously.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, when I'm on the sets, I'm completely there. I'm completely with the character. Um, and the moment I walk into my door in my house, all that is left behind you know yeah. so when i when i prepare for my roles it's not it's not something that i i uh, live with like some people live with that role for 3 yeah. months or 4 months and they are in that zone no i can switch on and off mm-hmm. so when i'm on the sets i'm i'm the character and i'm thinking about you know everything about the movie and what my character has gone through and my journey once i leave the sets then that character is on the set I when I come home I'm just myself I'm madhuri you
0: know has has that become easier as you've as you've gone along in your career
1: oh yes yeah see um when I started working we used to do three shifts at a point two shifts like working for two different movies at the same time yeah so if you start thinking so deeply about characters we would have gone (laughs) crazy by now
0: that's right so
1: for us it was like we used to switch from one character to the other character on on the second shift. Yeah. So if we are shooting from nine to six, then we shoot from six to two in the morning for another movie, you know? Yeah. And so we used to like switch on, switch off kind of, uh, you know, personality and we had to develop that. So, so it comes very naturally to me.
0: Sure. I'm wondering also that with that, as you've been able to take that and make it so natural, you know, the pandemic changed a lot of this. And and I'm certain that for many people, the pandemic changed their kind of ability to synthesize and process and, and in some ways kind of leave their work at, at the door and, and change that when they're, you know, in a home environment. I'm also curious for you if the pandemic, if you think it made you a, a better listener, that you were able to be a better observer of like the things around you.
1: Well, you know, I've always been an observer and a listener. I've always been the quieter person. Mm. Um, But I think what the pandemic brought across to us is that, you know, there's so much we don't know about ourselves. There's so much we can do that we don't know about because we are doing everything else in our lives. (laughs) You know, we're so busy with our work. We're so busy with that. We don't have time to think of anything else. We don't have time to uh, explore ourselves otherwise. So yeah. when I think about the lockdown and, um, you know, Candle was released during lockdown and we had shot the 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 video in my house and yeah. my husband, who's a cardiothoracic surgeon, had to, you know, go to YouTube and Google and find out how to place the. I mean, I know how to place the cameras, but <laughs> the lighting is something that we don't know how to light up a thing. And yeah. we did it and we yeah. made a video of it and we released it. And people loved it. So, yeah. so I mean, we were like, oh my God, we did this right in the house. Yeah. Um, my kids love to, you know, they, they are good at music, they they play, play different instruments, like one of them drums and plays piano, the other guy plays any instrument you can give him. So we jammed a lot. So there are so many things we discovered about ourselves and we do a lot yeah. of planting, like house plants. And I, I thought that, you know, we miss out on so many things that we could do because of the regular kind of life that we have, the work, home, work, home kind of life yeah. that we have. yeah.
0: Um,
1: and uh, I think the lockdown gave us that, uh, that time, you know? Sure. To investigate and explore the other side of us, which was amazing to me.
0: Almost tap into the things that you were already listening to and observing, but now you had you know, more space to be creative about it as well.
1: Exactly. And how creative we can be. And I think a lot of people after COVID are, you know, moving into smaller kind of communities. um, And they prefer working from home than actually going to work. And that's another thing that, you know, people discovered that you can work from home as efficiently. But of course, what happened was, um, uh, we couldn't meet our friends. And I think that was the downside of COVID where uh, kids who were students, uh, who are going to school on virtual schools. I mean, it was crazy time yeah. because I saw my so son. So hard. Yeah. They struggled. They, they, it was so hard. And those two years were very hard on kids because uh, they missed on the social interaction that they have with their friends when they go to school and, you know, those kind of things. And I think that interpersonal relationships that you have when you go in person anywhere
0: yeah,
1: uh, is something that, that we missed out on those two years and um, when people did come out there were so many incidents where people were talking about how you know uh, humans have uh, forgotten how to behave in <laughs> that's public, right and, you know, those yeah. kind
0: of how, how do you hug someone that kind of thing um,
1: yeah it was it know. was crazy crazy time
0: you're listening to trust me I know what I'm doing after a quick break we'll come back to our conversation with Madhuri Dixit stay tuned Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with the talented Madhuri Dixit. One thing the pandemic definitely did was it magnified what the kind of subculture of instant gratification and social media and all the different things that are, are part of entertainment these days. Do you think that, you know, today, that today's culture of instant gratification and thinking a little bit about the immediate and instant glory that you get from uh, a social media post or a TikTok video, et cetera. Do you wonder if that ignores or even brushes aside all the hard work and patience and rigor that's required to succeed as an artist?
1: Well, that'll always be there. I mean, you do require rigor. You do require patience, you know, in today's very instant world. Will that really translate to longevity is something that we have to see mm. it's all instant will will it be just for now and just for a few years and then it fades away or will people be able to hold on to it for a longer time and and give it and give themselves more time to develop and progress and and become better artists or better people or you know whatever that has to be seen
0: you know because I think about your career arc and audiences and people have cultivated a long-term relationship with you from the very beginning. And even for those who are new to your performances, your arts, they have they followed you from for a long time through your, your own journey. How do new artists, how can new artists cultivate that if the life cycle of content sometimes means that, you know, it's old after a couple of days?
1: Yeah, but you know, there are stories which are forever you know Mm. and um the emotions are going to be forever it's not instantly gone you know sadness Mm. happiness victory failure all these are going to be part of everybody's life forever yeah and um when you portray as an artist you portray different characters all those emotions are part of the characters so they'll always be there you know you cannot say that victories are going to end by this year. You know, it's not going to happen or failures are not going to happen anymore in life or you're not going to feel happy or sad or these different emotions in your life. Mm. So in that sense, of course, art will always have a longevity, but it's the stories you tell. What kind of stories do you tell? Sure. Like some stories are just to be enjoyed and forgotten. Some stories are to be remembered. Some stories are to be thought about later on. Mm. And uh, some stories give rise to discussion, you know and so those stories will always be there
0: let, let me ask you this as as a creator as an artist as a leader what needs to perhaps change in the industry or in the general art and media culture to provide women with more creative and in some ways financial power and the levers to advance the cause of other women even further
1: well i think uh, we need we need more writers who can place like women in the central characters we need um we need an audience that already accept like female-oriented movies um and they don't really have to you know slot you in any in any uh genre i mean you can make any kind of films uh with the woman as a center of it like i think there's some films which set an example um Um, where, you know, artists have played central characters. But what happens uh, for movies, I mean, ageism, sexism, there's everything, you know, out there. It's a patriarchal uh, society. And, uh, you know, uh, to break that, I think it's going to be like one little brick at a time. You have to, I mean, women will have to keep working towards that. And, um, And they do have support from men as well, because... Uh, when I when I did Fame Game, it was written by a man. Or when I did Majama, it was written by a man. You know the story. Yeah. So so it's like the whole society together. Have, you know they have to come together and and support. You know um, women empowerment or how a woman woman is viewed. You know in in our society. There's so many things we can talk about. Like there's. Uh, disparity in the wages, there's
0: disparity yeah.
1: everywhere, whether how much screen time you get or you don't get. But I think women will, ha- will have to keep working at it.
0: You know, other other industries, there is massive sometimes disruption, right? That like mm-hmm. Uber completely changed the transportation in- industry and Airbnb yeah. has, has disrupted, say, the hotel industry in, in some ways, too. And in the same way, do do you think that women in the industry need some kind of Seismic, massive shift, or is it the the long game, the the patience to keep going? Because I, I I'm curious whether artists at some point lose patience.
1: I think I think it's it's a long game, but 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 when you have uh, when you have something like OTT, yeah. you know that has made uh, women centric films possible, and you know series being made around women like. Sure. For example, The Fame Game, or even um, was that movie about chess, Mm, uh, Queen's Gambit, you know, that was a woman who carried the whole series and so many of them are being made. Sure. Because OTT does not have the pressures of, you know, the Friday release, how much money is going to make, you know, whether it doesn't have all that. And it has given writers, actors, you know, the freedom to choose the kind of roles they want to play, the kind of stories that want to be told in the language it's, it's want to be, wanting to be told. Yeah. And um, I think that's wonderful. And that's one area which has, you know, captured the woman. And I think over time, or as the audience also matures, I think it will also start working in the, in the theaters, like in cinema. But like you said, it's a long game. It's, it's not, it's not going to happen overnight.
0: Do you, do you find yourself um, in the role of trying to role model these kinds of actions and activities almost like serving as a I wouldn't say necessarily a mentor but more like a like a lighthouse to guide guide people you know through some of these navigations?
1: Well it, it is not a, it, it has not been a conscious effort mm. but I don't know it somehow worked out that way yeah. <laughs> I just did right. I just did roles that appeal to me and I've never hesitated. To mm. do different things. Like like I said, I did art house cinema while doing commercial. I did TV yeah. when people thought, you know, oh my God, women should be, shouldn't be should be on TV. I did reality shows like Jhalak Jao or A Dan or So You Think You Can Dance. You know, I did OTT uh, or I did, you know, a film for, uh, yeah. which is Rhyme's first original Hindi film, which is very, very different from my other roles. And so I think I would just try to be adventurous and do different things. And it just ha- so happens that you know it worked out and everybody's like oh my god you know this is great yeah. but i think when you're working hard and you're putting yourself out there of course there will be a lot of things you'll think about you know even the negative things oh what if it yeah. doesn't work or what if it but if you keep thinking about that then you'll not do anything that's adventurous you know mm. sometimes you just have to give in and say hey i want to do this and i will
0: and and do you do you like? Uh, or appreciate being in a in a position or a role where you know that other women and and men who are out there are are seeing that as a well, you know indirect modeling, so to speak
1: no, i think um I think not just me, I mean, there's so many different women who have done that over sure. the years, uh, you know, broken the glass glass ceiling as you can as they call it yeah and um and if you can be one of them, I think it's great. But you're not the only one, sure, you know. There sure. are other women who are also taking those strides and making sure that they set a path which others can follow. And that has to keep happening.
0: You yeah. Know? Do you get motivated perhaps by what your legacy will be? Mm. Uh.
1: I mean, the motivation is there because I always want to create something that's different. And whatever I do, I think will be the legacy for, you know, others. But I don't know if it's it's like a conscious thing that I'm doing or, uh, oh, I have to do this so others can, you know, do the same. But it it's something that, that comes instinctively to me and I say, oh, this is something I should be doing. But then... If, if it becomes a path breaker and, you know, people say, hey, you know, this was great and we, we would like to follow this, then it's very organic. It just happens, you know. Yeah. So I think my journey has been very organic, not, uh, not really planned as such.
0: Sure. Let's pretend that we're having another conversation a year from now, Divari 2023. Um, mm-hmm. What do you hope we'll be talking about um, at that time, reflecting back on, on you know, another year? Oh,
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe doing uh, other things that are amazing, doing things that are, uh, you know, very human. I would like to do more uh, with UNICEF and which I have worked with before. I've done a lot of yeah. things with that them for women and children and, you know, influencing the society in that sense also and being more active in that, in that realm. Also, I mean, my kids are growing up and, you know, watching their journey and seeing what they are doing and, you know, what kind of lives uh, they are shaping for themselves. And of course, uh, the whole journey as a family in our different professions and um, also seeing the world uh, becoming a better place.
0: Sure. You know, you're, you're a mom, you're an actor, you're a singer, you're multi-talented, you're a wife. Uh, a daughter, um, you play so many different roles. I'm so curious if you think about all of them together, they they form a, a unique single person, but what do you find brings you on a day-to-day basis? What, what do you find brings you day-to-day joy?
1: I mean, little things. I think as a mother, of course, if my kids are doing well and they're in a good place, they're happy, And, you know, that brings me great joy Uh, as a wife when I see that my husband's happy and everything is great and my mom's well situated. Every little thing like and I have a dog and, you know, Carmelo Mm. brings me great joy every day. And we always say that, you know, we got him during lockdown and he's been our biggest a blessing in the house because he was a puppy and he was growing up with us and there's so many funny things he did and you know every day used to be a great joy and you know whenever you come home he greets you like you're the you're the only person in the world he loves and right it, it's uh it's crazy so every little thing you know that happens uh, brings yeah. me
0: great joy again the little things
1: the little things and yeah. those are the things that matter in life finally
0: one last thought, and that is, you know, for probably the very few out there, but still meaningful for those who might be experiencing your performances, your art, your roles for the very first time, they're discovering Madhuri Dikshit. When they're finished viewing a performance or experiencing your art, how do you hope they feel?
1: First of all, I hope they like it. Secondly, okay. I hope that you know, they, they feel whatever's been said through the story <clears> or <throat> my character stays with them and they think about it. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you watch a film and it kind of makes you think. Even when you're sitting by yourself, it makes you think about the story. It makes you think about the different characters that you just witnessed. Uh, Because, you know, filmmaking is not just about one character in the movie. It's about teamwork. Mm -hmm. It's about how, uh, in Majama, her identity is influencing her husband's life. It's going to impact her son's life. It's going to impact her daughter's life and even the in-laws' lives, you know. So, her identity is going to affect all those lives and you can, when they go back and they think of each and every character that is getting affected and how the topic is going to affect their lives, like mm. how, what they think about it. So if, if it makes them think about all these things, then I think that's what, that's the impact I'd like to leave.
0: Well, Madhuri, I know that you're leaving such great impact on so many different people and we're all grateful for it. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for a conversation. And I, I hope we can do this again in the future sure
1: thank you nice talking to you
0: thanks so much madhuri and catch madhuri on majama streaming now on amazon prime video hope everyone has a safe and healthy diwali and check out more episodes of trust me i know what i'm doing at abhai and wherever you get your podcasts if you happen to be enjoying them please rate and review the show till next time i'm abhai Every story told is a lesson learned, and every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with global Indians and South Asians so everyone can say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. New episodes weekly, wherever you listen to your podcasts.